The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. Today, my guest is Mike from Melbourne. Man, Mike, we are so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. No, no, thank you, Ryan. And hey, Kevin, um, thanks so much for having me. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to collaborate with you, if I can use that term, and talk some football <laughs> with you guys. Man, Mike, this is already a good show. We, we're not even 30 <laughs> seconds in, and this is already going to be great. Yes, we are going to be having lots of collaboration today. Uh, folks, today I am joined by Mike, as well as my good friend, Kevin Alefsky. Even though Kevin is a, a Vikings fan, it's okay. We are here to convince all of you that you should be watching, you should be paying attention to the AFL, not the AFC, but the AFL, Australian Rules Football, and we're going to try to get that for all of you guys. Now, folks, if you are thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you know you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Visit GenevaJeff.com today, or you can give my guy Jeff a call or a text at 630-254-4734 if you talk to Jeff. Just have a conversation with him about buying or selling a home. If you happen to do that, let him know that the Bear Down Report sent you. We would appreciate it, and we sure know that Jeff would appreciate it. Folks, there's been a lot of things that have been coming and going here in the offseason. We just dropped one of our favorite podcasts we have recorded. There was a whole lot of arguing. So if you get a chance uh, to, to check out the kicking off the offseason episode, please check it out. Our good friend Bob Platt stepped in. By the time you're hearing this podcast, you will have heard Matt Lacoste, New England Patriots tight end, helping to break down the Bears tight end position. And we've got a whole lot of other good stuff, position groups coming up to uh, help you guys in the offseason get through that slump without having any football so mike we're, we're thrilled to have you on this works in two ways we're trying to convince people to to watch the afl but also it helps a lot because you are a bears fan so now i gotta ask you know how did you get into being a bears fan and what is it like being a bears fan in australia yeah, so a bit of a, a funny story. Um, I probably developed an interest in the game first and really became fascinated with the technical and strategical side of the sport. And it was a really good way uh, to fill that void during the AFL off-season, which runs from October through to Feb, March. So, yeah, that, that sort of fit in really well. But um, as to how I became a Bears fan, it's a bit of a funny story. So I'm a bit of a John Hughes fan. So I love all the um, Uncle Buck and uh, Ferris Bueller's Planes, Trains, Automobiles, the Vacation and Home Alone movies. And each of those have uh, a really strong um, Chicago feel to them and, and reference the city quite a lot as well as the teams. And also a really big Married with Children fan. And again, the show all about Chicago. And there's that memorable episode where Al sells his soul to the devil to take the Bears to the Super Bowl. And, and I guess that the decision was made from there. But I guess at the moment, there'd be quite a few people that would sell their soul if it meant that we could make a Super Bowl again. And it's interesting, back in 2013, my wife and I took a vacation through Central America and up to the States. And while we're in New York, we caught a Giants and Washington game at MetLife Stadium. And as great as that experience was to see my first live game of NFL, I just never really felt a true connection to the Giants team. And I don't know, the Bears just felt like that team. I just, yeah, I, I just love the team and, and everything they do. Uh, what is it like watching the games and staying connected with the team when, I mean, our schedules are so completely opposite? Yeah, well, I mean, Twitter's obviously a really good way to stay in touch with everything that's happening. And 
obviously there's a bit of misinformation at the moment with some of the things that are happening, but really, I mean, the internet's really helped um, a lot of the, uh, the, the ability to access some of the games. And um, I mean, you've got Game Pass and uh, one of our free to air networks here uh, telecast quite a number of games. And, and that's, I think that's really contributed to uh, the popularity of the game down here. Um, but really, yeah, just, just staying in touch with people like you guys and listening to podcasts and things like that and accessing information that way. So yeah, really good. I, I can't get over how cool this is. And, and Kevin, you know, I'm going to pick on you here in a second, but the fact that, you know, Kevin and I have been waking up at sometimes like three o'clock in the morning to, to watch footy, right. To watch Australian rules football. Yeah. And, and, and we're literally like, we're, we're just in, in total opposite situations. Well, while you are down in Australia, you're watching bears games. I just, I can't get over, you know, the power of the internet. If, if it wasn't for Twitter, if it wasn't for zoom, we're not having this conversation. I just think that's so cool. Absolutely. And it's a great way to feel connected. And I think, um, you know, down here in Melbourne, we're probably a bit of a blip on the radar in terms of support base for, for the Bears, but connecting with you guys really makes you feel part of it and, and part of, I guess, a bit of a community. So it's really good. Absolutely. Kevin, could you maybe just kind of run people through how you and I kind of got into our, our AFL fandom? And I know, Mike, you're not a Port Adelaide supporter, and that's totally fine. And we can, we can uh, talk a little bit of smack going back and forth once the season gets started coming up here pretty quick. But, you know, we're trying to pull more American fans to, to love the sport. So, Kevin, would you maybe just kind of run people a little bit through, like, how that worked for us? Yeah, it's, it's just kind of miraculous that literally what Mike just explained is kind of how it came about for us, right? We're, we're looking for something to fill the void. I mean, we, we got on the XFL train a little bit, uh, and then that, the, 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 the wheels fell off the wagon when COVID hit, and there's not much live sports going on. So I'm over at my partner's house, and, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, her dad watches a lot of um, European football, and and all of a sudden, he's just flipping through channels, and I see this guy go up and catch a rugby ball off a guy's back, and I instantly fall in love. I, I, it's the first time I've ever seen the sport. Uh, it's, it's funny enough, it's actually a, a Adelaide Crows game that I'm watching. Um, but I, I know, right? But um, the thing is, is that it's like it's it's this almost this perfect um, middle ground between soccer and rugby that you know. I'm not crazy about soccer because of the, so how open the space is. I'm not crazy about rugby because how, you know, it, where those scrums can make the game come to a grinding halt. And this seems like a perfect hybrid between two of them. So once I saw this, I went and talked to Dangle about it. And my God, we like, we just geeked out over it. It was this amazing thing. And it made quarantine in America so much more bearable. Yeah. Before we get into it, because there's, there's so many exciting things that we're going to talk about with the AFL, I do want to get your thoughts on the 2020 Chicago Bears and a little bit of things that are happening here in the offseason. Uh, just as we're recording this, I mean, Mike Pettin was just hired as a defensive assistant to the Chicago Bears. I know that is, uh, it's, it's usually coming with a little bit of praise coming over from the Packers where the Packers were, were doing fairly well, but you know, don't have to focus on that at all. Mike, any thoughts whatsoever that you have on the 2020 Chicago bears or where they're kind of headed in the 2021 season? Man, where do we start? Um, I mean, we're not kidding when we say it's a roller coaster ride being a bears fan, are we? Um, the, the quarterback 
uh, carousel seems to be spinning pretty fast at the moment and speculation almost seems to change daily as to who that'll be. Um, but I just hope there's a real strategy behind the decision on who Pace and uh, Nagy bring in. I mean, it's all well and good to bring in a shiny new quarterback, but without the weapons around him and some half-decent pass protection, I think we'll, we'll be back here in a year's time to having the same conversation. Only we'll be talking about who the new coach and GM are going to be. So um, I'm hopeful that the, right, correct, the, the correct decisions will be made. And I think um, you, only, you only need to look at how Tampa Bay have been able to turn it around so quickly. And granted, it's Tom Brady, um, but a remarkable effort nevertheless. But um, other than that, I think everything else is there. You know, it's, it's, it, I, I think I would like to hear Kevin's conversation about that, you know, just especially as a complete outsider looking in. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of skepticism right now uh, with, with, you know, the collaboration uh, press conference that you kind of referenced. And I, I, the Bears are clear communicators, but that doesn't necessarily translate to the field. Kevin, I am kind of curious. It, from an outsider looking in, where do you see the Bears right now? it's you're in a you're in a dangerous spot you're in a very dangerous spot because you've talked about it before how you know there's so many pieces that are there and you're just worried that not enough is going to change so that you have a repeat of what happened last year and and maybe even with less of the ups and downs and more of just the the flat line kind of reaction i i am a person who through and through is a defensive guy. Uh, it's, it's in my bones. I played it when I was, uh, when I, when I was younger and, and, you know, now that I coach it, um, I, I truly believe that if Tom Brady didn't have the, the Bucks defense, he would not have won the Super Bowl. I think you build championships around defense and the bears have that, but can they make the right move? to find, uh, you know, the change that they need on offense. And that, that could be still involving Mitch. It could involve Mitch. But, <laughs> but can they find enough of a change that's going to give them the fire they need to, to make an improvement on next year? That, oh, I don't know, man. It's going uh, to be a bumpy ride for you guys, I think. You know, David Kaplan reporting that Mitch Trubisky wants nothing to do with coming back with Chicago and that the bears want nothing to do with Mitch coming back. I think that ship is, is probably sailed. And you know what? I, I actually, I, I am a big Mitch fan. I think, you know, you guys have all heard it before. Uh, and I, and I wish him well, I don't think he did anything in this town uh, other than not play quarterback at a great level that, that would warrant fans wanting him, you know, anything, but, but to do well anywhere that he goes. I mean, lots of charity work. He worked really, really hard. He kept his head down, stayed out of the, out of trouble. And I, I think he was a, he, he was a good guy. It just, it just didn't work out here. Now, Mike, I want to come back to you with this one. Why do you think Chicago bears fans would love the AFL? Why do you think they would love Aussie rules football? Well, I guess, and what I'm about to say might be contradictory, but there are so many similarities between American and Australian football, but it's also quite a unique game. Uh, unlike some of the other full contact sports like rugby, where your opponent's actually coming at you front on, our guys are getting hit from 360 degrees and without any offside rules and things like that. And I think, Kevin, you kind of touched on that before. Um, and the other thing too is that these guys aren't wearing pads or protective gear. And if you've seen some of the footage on YouTube, there's some pretty big hits and, and, Probably a good thing too is in the last few years, um, the, the league have really tried to clean the game up a bit because it was pretty violent through the 80s and 90s. 
Um, but I guess added to that, um, you know, these guys are also running anywhere from five to 10 miles a game. So there's a really strong requirement for these guys to be aerobically fit, but to also run in short, powerful bursts. And, and I guess to put that into perspective, the record at last year's combine, um, you know, some of these kids are running 1.25 miles in five minutes and 28 seconds. And that, that is fast. Um, and, and I think the other thing too, over the last 20 years, we've had a number of Australian players come across to the NFL and at the end of their AFL careers, which has been really cool. Guys like Darren Bennett, Sav Rocker, Ben Graham. And, and at the moment there's uh, Mitch Wisnowski and Jordan Mylata and Jordan Berry with the Steelers. So um, that's been really cool for the AFL players to continue their careers. But we've actually also had some Americans come across as well. So at the moment, We've got uh, Mason Cox, who was originally from Dallas. He's playing with uh, the Collingwood Magpies at the moment. Um, and also, uh, we had a few years ago, Chicago's very own Jason Holmes, who played a few games down here for St Kilda. And I think his brother, Andre, played a few games in the NFL. So a few connections between the sports as well. Oh, man. Uh, so, so here's the deal. What I want to do is I want to try to explain the basics of the game to, to fans. And we have no visuals, so this is gonna be a little tricky. So Mike, I want you to, to fact check me as best as you possibly can. And Kevin, fill in any blanks that I'm gonna miss because I'm definitely gonna miss things. But when Kevin and I did this, we wanted to go full in. And you know, we, we decided that we were gonna support a team. And when we chose our team, we chose uh, Port Adelaide Football Club. And I think it was a little bit of the history. And, and I know Kevin will talk about a little bit why we chose them a little bit later. Um, and the thing that, that stood out to me the first is this guy named Charlie Dixon. And for, for anyone that's an Australian fan, you, you'll know the name. Uh, for American fans, if you don't, you gotta look this guy up. I, I just envision it's like a little bit like if Travis Kelsey was going up against Harrison Smith for a catch in the end zone, but that Travis Kelsey could put his knee in the back of Harrison Smith, launch off of him legally and make that catch even higher. Like that's what we're, we got so excited about watching a mark. And for, for all of you, NFL fans, for all of you Bears fans, a mark is a catch. Uh, and there's certain rules that have to kind of go into it. But, you know, a, a, a mark can happen from a kick, uh, a handball, and is there is, is anything else that I'm missing from a mark? Is it, or is it just those two things? Uh, it's actually just a kick. So a handball um, is essentially play on. Um, but I guess when uh, the guy's going up for the mark, he can't actually put his hands on the shoulders of the guy that he's jumping on. So he's purely leaping up onto this guy's back with his knees on top of his shoulders. And I think that gives you a bit of a visual of how, how much skill is involved. Oh man, I, I, I've seen the, it's traveling around YouTube, but a few of my Aussie friends have, have sent me the uh, top 100 marks of all time. And I just yeah. remember one very distinctly and I can't remember the, the team or the players and maybe you, you do, but the guy goes up puts his knees on the shoulders, goes and makes the mark, but the guy whose back he's on kind of takes a twist so that he dumps him. And so this, this guy is, I, I mean, I, I can't think he's got to be eight, nine feet in the air and just comes flat on his back and just, man, as soon as I saw that, I like, this is it. I am hooked to this game. Yeah. I'm probably going to put my money on Jeremy Howe. He's, he, he does that every week. It's, and, and it's quite insane how, how frequently this guy takes these marks. And I think he's actually won a few mark of the years um, over his uh, career. And he's still going today. So I, I would probably put in Jeremy Howe 
into YouTube and, and have a look at his highlights package because it's quite, um, quite unique. Yeah, and I, I mean, not, not to go back to our Travis Kelsey uh, impersonator, but, but there was a mark that happened in midway through the season uh, for, for Port Adelaide, and it was uh, Charlie Dixon basically close to what the American football equivalent of an end zone is. And he's got like three guys on him. And again, he's a guy who's as big as Travis Kelsey, but he makes a catch of a, basically a rugby ball. So bigger than American football. He catches it like Odell Beckham Jr. did in the, the infamous catch. It, the, the man is so athletic and combine that with um, other people in the sport who are small and quick. Uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, uh, athletes for Port Adelaide is uh, Carl Amon, and he's basically like a Bernie Sanders. Like, that's his, that's his shtick. He gets the ball, he runs fast, he dodges as much as he possibly can, and then he hands it to a big guy like Charlie who can't get tackled. It's, it's such a cool uh, version of the sport where, you know, in American football, I think a lot of people like how we have specialized um, positions with guys who have uh, special skills and have, uh, you know, different body types and things like that. You don't have that in so many other sports, but you have it in uh, Australian uh, or Aussie rules football. And uh, I think it's something that a lot of football fans can really uh, grab onto. And, and yeah, I mean, it really is a game for every body type and, and size. And, and even um, in the last few years, uh, the AFL women's competition has kicked off. So Women are now playing it. Little, uh, you know, kids are playing it in all different age groups. So, really, yeah, whether it's um, whether it's your bigger guys or your smaller guys, they're, they're they're both sort of jumping on backs and they're you know they're running all those distances that I mentioned uh, mentioned before. So, yeah, it's a fantastic sport. And, and with um, eighteen players on the field, you know, there's a requirement for I guess a, a variety of different skills and um, body types. So the field can be up to 202 yards long. So it could be double the size of an American football, an NFL size field. And so we're looking at 110 to 150 meters wide. It's, it's huge. It's an oval. And the goal is similar to American football. You've got a spot where you score and your opponent is on the other side. Now, you know, kicking through, there are four goalposts. And, and again, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, that sure. your goal is to kick it through the center one and that's six points and then yep. if you if you kick through uh either one of the outside ones that's one point or if you kick a post that's also one point correct that's right so the two inside posts uh if you hit, if the ball hits that post or the post on either side that's one point um, but the two outer posts it's it's actually a free kick to the other team it, it's just in some of these kicks now, I, I tried to look up the longest kick in AFL history, and I got a lot of different numbers. But at one point, the one that I saw, it just stood out to me, was 85 yards. That is insanity, wow. right? Just, and, and, and I know Kevin and I have watched more than a few that have, that have been from 60-plus yards. And, and just thinking about the, the legs that some of these guys have. Yeah, it was, was that one um, Ben Graham? I believe that it was. I definitely believe yeah. it was. Um, that one was probably from the centre of the ground, I believe, if I can recall. Um, and that really was the catalyst for him being identified uh, for a career in the NFL. That really lifted him to, 
uh, it, it certainly built up um, a bit of interest in Ben Graham, but I think it also piqued his interest too. So um, just off that kick alone, um, it, it pretty much set him up for an NFL career. So to bring it back to, um, you know, kind of the strategy of Aussie rules football for a second, um, you know, when, when someone is trying to mark the ball, right, they're trying to catch a ball that's kicked uh, more than, you know, a, a certain distance from the guy who's kicking at their teammate. Um, when they go up for it and make those ridiculous catches, they're really trying to get a catch, get a mark that's within the kind of inner uh, boundaries, the closer they can to the uh, opponent's goalposts, the better, right? If they get That's close right. enough, they have a really good angle to, to, to make those shots, right? And when you mark it, you're, you're kind of given um, a distance, uh, a free zone where you can kick it without getting it uh, attacked by others. Um, you guys have a, 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 a term that you guys use for that. It's not calling attacking. What is it called? Uh, scragging. So when the defender's trying to, I guess, obstruct the, the player's run at the ball um, and what the receiver or the recipient of the ball is trying to do is probably trying to give a little push away to his defender so that he has a little, little bit of space between him and his opponent so that he can push forward and mark the ball uncontested and without being scragged. Bloody ripper. Well, this whole <laughs> mechanic, right, of, of being able to mark the ball close enough to the goalpost to make an, a good angled shot, this leads to some of, I think, the, the most dramatic parts of the game. And, and I remember early on the last season when I was watching a, a Port Adelaide game, and I'm not kidding you folks, this was one of the most epic sports games I have seen within the last five years. I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. It was against Port Adelaide and Carlton. Now, basically, Port Adelaide are losing. They're down uh, points. And um, the last kick of the game was done by a mark from Robbie Gray. Oh and he God. is so far away. And he's a veteran of the team. He's a clutch player. And he, he sinks this shot to win it. And I'm not kidding you. I must have woke up most of my neighborhood with my screams at 2 a.m. Screaming for Port Adelaide. It, God, it would, you guys have to check this game out. I'm not kidding you. It is bonkers. Well, the, the thing that gets me about these kicks too is in the NFL, it's, I mean, it's a little bit to the left. It's a little bit to the right, but it's for the most part, it's a straight on kick where these kicks in the AFL can be happening like where the guy almost has to kind of curve the ball through. Mike, can you kind of talk us through this? Because I know you've played the game before. Yeah, at a local level. Um, and, and I guess what the, uh, the forward is trying to do, or the player that has the ball is trying to do when they're kicking for goal, is um, if they're angled up to the boundary line and they don't have, uh, I guess, a, a space between the two goalposts, what they're trying to do is bend it through or what we call a banana kick. And, and what that is, it's probably moving maybe two, three, four, five metres in the air from the point of contact. And it's sort of moving in a... Uh, I guess, yeah, like a banana sort of shape through the goal. So, um, and, and it's sort of crept into the game a little bit more where they're actually doing those kicks when they're in front of goal. And for some reason, some of the players seem to feel more comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite amazing what some of these players can do with the ball and make it move in the air. I don't think we can stress to NFL fans how fast paced the game is. And there, there are certain things that, that I've been thinking a lot about this. And 18 players, yes, it's a huge field, but the ball is moving constantly. Fact that commercial breaks are considerably less is something that when I watch a, an AFL game, it can be 
two to two and a half hours and, and it's done. And, and I feel totally satisfied with that where I'm sure as a, as an NFL fan, as a bears fan, Mike, you've got to get somewhat annoyed by all of the, the commercials that you're watching in some of these games. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, I think for, for some people that don't follow the game, you know, when a, a commercial break will come on, they'll be like, oh, gosh, here we go again. But I think when you truly love the game and enjoy it um, as much as some of the people down here do, and it's, it, as I said before, the, the game's really growing down here with its interest, I think people overlook that. I, I think it's just a, a byproduct of the game that, that we've come to um, get used to. So, um, but yeah, the, the commercial breaks with AFL was usually between goals. So usually a quick 30-second ad break, and then it's back into it, which is good. Yeah, it's, it's almost, Kevin, you kind of talked about it. It's a little bit of like the, the fast pace of soccer, but the scoring happens so much quicker. I mean, there's, there's scoring that is happening nonstop, and also the ability to, the game just flips on its head. It, I feel a little bit like an NFL, right, where you're watching uh, a team has a really good drive, and then an interception is thrown, and then all of a sudden, right, there's a, a breakaway, and, and, a, and a player is scoring, and that seems to happen in the AFL all the time, that, you know, everything is set up, going in one direction, then all of a sudden, you know, a kick goes awry and you have another player that's, that's running off in the distance and, you know, kicking a, an, on an open goal. It's just, I, I can't put into words just how fast pace and like high scoring and high energy it is. Mike, Mike what, what am I missing here? Um, I, I think the, the best way to explain it would be almost like the way lacrosse and ice hockey is played. It's, it's up and back, it's up and back. Um, and, and like you said, it's fast scoring and um, it's, it's flipping from offense to defense quite frequently. So I don't know, do you, do you feel that's a, a close analogy in Absolutely. comparison to, to the two games? Yeah. Yeah. Kev, what about you? Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic analogy. I actually, I, I coach lacrosse. I, I've played it for a couple of years um, when I was in high school. And, and the thing about lacrosse, right, is that there's, and, and this is something I actually, you know, don't know much about. So Mike, you can really help me out with this. Are there like canned plays that get called up? Like I know, you know, in basketball or lacrosse, right? If I'm trying to set up a goal, sometimes that can happen if I'm running an offense or maybe there's like a time where um, there's a penalty or something and I have like a one-off that I would have, you're going to pass here and then pass here and then this guy will be open. But but a lot of the time it's just kind of improvisation. Is that happen in in Aussie rules? I'm not sure. I I think a little bit of both, Kevin. Um, Certainly with the, uh, the stoppages, so the ball ups and the boundary throw-ins, there'd be set plays and um, sort of uh, processes that the players would sort of go through with their coaching staff. But um, I think also it, it'd be sort of like your ad hoc decision-making between the players on the ground where they'll say to their teammate, uh, I'm going, can you block my opponent for me? And, and that will allow that player to have some uh, measure of space um, to be able to get the ball um, so it's really that communication out on the ground between the players, I think. But yes, certainly um, there'd be set plays um, that the coaching staff would run their players through. Well, and, and to kind of go back to, to what Ryan said, I think the reason that I can't watch soccer, I don't know, maybe I'm not cultured enough, but I feel like there's, there's not a real sense of progress for me. It's, it's a team can be in someone's forward area playing the attack the entire game and have nothing to show for it where as it, at least for American football, right, a team can get a first down and there's stats, there's, there's things that we can see them trying to get better. And, and, you know, that feels very satisfying. And in Aussie rules, 
you score so frequently, there's such big plays that happen a lot of the time that um, that is very much closer to American football than I think it is to like something more um, open like soccer is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and soccer, uh, it's probably not for me. Like I'll, I'll support Australia when they're in the World Cup and things like that. But I'm, I'm the same. It's a little bit slow for me. And, and I guess that's what really attracted me to uh, the American game um, as, as a, I guess, a, another sport for me to follow. Um, just the speed of the game um, as opposed to soccer. And let's be honest, we want to see some tough dudes tough it out. Like, you know, I swear to God, if I see another soccer player roll around the ground for five minutes, I'm going to cry. And you see some Aussie guys who just get decked and then they get up and try to deck the guy back like that. That's a very hockey thing for me that I totally love about it. It's an incredibly physical game. I you know, you talked about it earlier. There's no pads and the way the guys are getting tackled now. I mean, the, the rules are very strict. It's between the shoulders and the knees, and that's the only place in which you can tackle a guy. But there are physical hits that are happening all throughout the game. And, and there's just so few stoppages, right, that it's just, I don't know. I just felt right at home as I'm, as I'm watching this. Now, Mike, I want to come to you with this because I know that you are and I, and I apologize to any Australian fans that are listening. You do not root for a team. You support a team. So any Australians, I apologize. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking in American terminology, but I, I've learned that very quickly. Um, I have to, with, before we go any further, I have to give a good shout out to my friend, Ricky Vilches, um, who stayed up uh, to, to text me back and forth uh, with Facebook Instant Messenger to teach me the rules of the game. And every time I had a question, he was there to answer it for me. And that was one of those that I said, hey, I, I root for Port Adelaide. And he, he stopped me cold, dead in my tracks. And we're not going to say that. Um, American fans, as you're listening to this, just look it up. We're, we're not going to explain it. But, but it's why should Bears fans support Hawthorne? Well, our, our, our playing strip probably wouldn't be too appealing, uh, unfortunately. It's brown and yellow um, and, and too much ridicule of the rest of the competition. But, um, but Hawthorne has probably been uh, one of the most successful teams in the history of the competition. We, we were one of the latest sides to come into the league in 1925. And uh, it was around sort of 1960 uh, that we really started to become a bit of a powerhouse. And um, I guess to put our most recent success into context. And this is probably going to make you guys cry a little bit. Since the Bears won their Super Bowl in 86, Hawthorne has won eight AFL premierships. <laughs> yeah, that stings. I'm not, I'm not yeah, going to lie that, to you. Yeah, that, that hurts, that, doesn't that, it? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's it like to, to support a team that, that, that wins championships uh, on a regular basis, Mike? <laughs> it's been fantastic. And look, we've been pretty spoiled as Hawthorne supporters. And I think you you learn to appreciate the good times and certainly being a Bears fan as well, you learn to appreciate the, the not so great times. Um, but no, look, it's, it's a really great club. Um, you know, it was indoctrinated to me um, in, in an early age. And, and in fact, I was named after one of their players at the time, Michael Tuck. Um, so a bit of a, a connection there with the family, but um, yeah, look, it's a fantastic club. Um, they're, they're envied by the rest of the competition, but I think they're also quite respected and, and an interesting point, not that this will encourage any of the best fans to follow Hawthorne, but our coach, Alistair Clarkson, actually spent some time with Michael Lombardi. Um, he's a huge Patriots and Belichick guy and took some of his learnings back to Hawthorne. And um, I, I really think that's attributed to some of our success in, in the last 15 years. 
um, which included a three-peat. Um, and, and it's also helped build the, the club to be one of the strongest in the competition, both on and off the field. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really great club and, and obviously love it. Now, Kevin, I want to come to you. You know, I, I obviously will throw in my two cents, but why do you think Bears fans should support Port Adelaide? Well, being the newly initiated into the sport of Australian football, Aussie rules, uh, I have to say that uh, there's not much I can, you know, make a, a, an argument compared to Mike. He just got a lot of it, and I got, I got real scared because I'm like, maybe I'm going to be a Hawthorne fan after that. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, but um, what I would like to say is Port Adelaide's one of the oldest clubs in Australia. Am I, right? Am I wrong, Mike? They're, they're very old, right? They are, yeah, very. Uh, sort of late 1800s, I think they were formed. And, um, yeah, like you said, a really proud history. Uh, and um, Google Charlie Dixon. That's, uh, that's, that's really what I got. Google Doc Charlie Dixon. You'll see what a monster he is. And uh, you want that guy on your team. So, yeah, I think the, the rich tradition is the thing that, that kind of pulled us in. Uh, you know, Bears fans loving their rich tradition. Obviously, Hawthorne being around since you said, Mike, 1925. You know, there, there is obviously rich tradition in, in both clubs. I got the sense a little bit, and, and Mike, feel free to, to blast me for this one, but that, that Port Adelaide is a little bit of a, an underdog in, to some degrees, you know, Adelaide not being one of the biggest cities in, in Australia. Uh, obviously, I know that they, they did really well in the competition last year, uh, almost making it to the grand final, but that they are, uh, you know, in, in the city of Adelaide themselves, right, the, the Crows were the, the kind of somewhat more popular team. Uh, please, again, correct me if I'm wrong with any of this, but, but that the 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 people who support Port Adelaide are kind of have this underdog mentality. It's almost as if, if the White Sox and the Chicago Bears came together. You take that rich tradition as well as a little bit of that underdog feel and kind of put them together. You, you get that that feel that a lot of Port Adelaide fans have. The the one thing that I have to say, every conversation that I have had both with supporters of other football clubs as well as Port Adelaide, I have been blown away by how well they've been received. And, and Mike, I hope you've been that well received by Bears fans in Chicagoland, the, the way that we've just been kind of welcomed with open arms. I think there's a lot to be said when you don't grow up in a community and you say, hey, I would like to be a part of this. Like it's, it's become your choice. Have you kind of experienced that at all? Absolutely. And, and I've never been much of a Twitter guy. Um, I sort of got on last year and sort of used that to, to follow the team a bit, but obviously made connections with um, people across the world and with you guys. And, and Ryan, I, I really enjoyed you reaching out um, last week. Um, it's, as I said before, in, in Melbourne, Australia, and, and across Australia a little bit as well, you, with some of the teams um, down here, it's probably more the Patriots. They have the biggest support down here, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Niners. So Chicago is probably one of those lesser supported teams. So you don't really run into too many fans down here. So the ability to connect with other people across the world um, that have a, the same interest and, and the same passion, uh, it's been really cool. Um, and to be part of this podcast, it's been really great to talk some footy and, and to connect with you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Mike, I got to throw this out here. We, we, had, uh, so we had fans from Ireland, Scotland, and England. So Dave, Derek, and Anthony, yet another shout out to you guys. And I'm going to give the same offer. Mike, if there's any way that you find yourself in Chicagoland, 
I'm promising you this. We will feed you. We will make sure that you are uh, having plenty of drinks coming your way, courtesy of, of the Bear Down Report and me. And we would just, we'd love, love, love to have you anytime that you can make it. I, I know people say that a lot, but, but we absolutely 100% mean it. If you make your way to Chicagoland, you will be treated like royalty because you are one of us. You're one of us from afar, but you are absolutely positively a Bears fan. Now, Mike, Thanks, I know, Mike. of course, of course. Now, I know you know this is coming. You've heard the podcast before. It is time now for our favorite segment for all of our, our first-time guests. It doesn't have to be about football, but it can be. You can have multiple ones. We got podcasts. We got plenty of time. I am really excited to hear, Mike, what is your unpopular opinion? Okay, so this one could be the most weirdest out there, crazy one you've heard in a long time, but... Um, you know, when you go to Macca's or McDonald's, um, we call it Macca's down here or Hungry Jack's or your Burger King. Um, you know, when you get the, the pop in the cup, the, uh, the, the stuff out of the tap, the Coke. Um, if someone was put the pop in front of me or a can of Coke or a bottle of Coke, I'm going the pop every single time. So you're picking the stuff out of the tap as opposed to a can. How, oh, how, yeah. co how come? Explain that to me. I don't understand. I have no explanation for it, Ryan. None whatsoever. It's now, just. He's definitely on to something because, you know, the soda from the tap definitely hits different. No, Mike, I'm 100% with you on this one. Really? Oh, totally. It's, it's something wow. about the mixing or I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm going somewhere to get it. It's not in my house. Maybe it's, it's exotic to me a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just um, I ripped the lid off the cup. And straight into it. So, so no straw then either? No, no, no straw. Get rid of the straw. Um, lid off, drink from the cup. That's so, me. So, so hold on. So like, what is, is the menu different down in Australia? I know they have different menus, different places, but like. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that this is not your unpopular opinion and, and I, I applaud you for it, but I don't think American fans understand. If I came down and I said, where is the McDonald's? How oddly would Australian fans look at me instead of saying Maccas? Uh, they may not look at you weirdly, but they might say, oh, uh, Maccas is this way. <laughs> bloody bloody American. Oh. <laughs> Kev, the first time was pretty good. That one was not so much. <laughs> yeah, that one was kind of English. See, it's hard. And, and Mike sounds so intelligent. And, and, and then, you know, it's just us American buffoons trying to, oh, God. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to give it. A, I'm not even going to try my Australian accent. Uh, when my my friends from from the UK and Ireland were on, I wanted to drop into an accent, but but didn't. If they're listening, maybe they can coax me into it at some point. Mike, we're we are so thrilled to have you, and we're we're so happy that you were able to help us kind of explain the game a little bit before you take off. Are there any shout outs? Anybody you'd like to say hello to? Anybody that might be listening that you that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll have to um, give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Nicole, and our two little bear cubs, Lockie and, and Ben. And hopefully, like you mentioned, once the pandemic is over and the world settles down a bit, we'll be able to come over and catch up with you guys. Um, and, and look, I, I don't know these guys, but um, I guess I'll give a shout out to the Chicago Swans, your very own Aussie rules football team. Um, I, I guess they're always looking for players and people to come down and watch. And I think they've got a really good social uh, vibe to what they're doing. So Maybe, um, maybe Ryan and Kevin, you could go down and have a kick of the footy and, and see how you go. Man, I, I, we've actually talked about it quite a bit. I, 
I'm 39 now. My, my body is, I've had a, a, quite a few surgeries from, from coaching. Uh, people that have listened know I'm a, I'm a gymnastics coach. I've caught a few kids. My body doesn't quite work the way that it used to. But Kevin, who was a Division three football player, I think, man, Kev, I would love to come and watch you try a bit of footy. Mike, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Like the second week after watching it, I was Googling the, the swans. I was like, where, where do I try out? Where do I go and, and see a practice? I'm not kidding you. Like the fact that you play in a league right now is like, dude, I got to go try this, man. I got, I, I got to go try this. Absolutely. And I, and I guess even if, um, if you didn't play, I mean, it, it would be a really good way to connect with some other AFL players and, uh, or, you know, players that are playing the game and, some of the fans that go down to watch. So it could be a good little sort of community aspect to what they're doing down there that you could get involved in. With, with COVID restrictions, if the vaccine comes through and, and all that stuff lifts, I, I know we will absolutely be at a, at a few games to, to watch and support. Folks, you know, as Mike gives his shout outs, we've also got to give a few shout outs here. Kevin, is there, is there anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to in this podcast? Well, I have to give it to uh, the family that gifted me my first viewing of Australian football, the Vetterman family. Thank you so much. If it wasn't for your uh, desire to watch European football, uh, English football, then I wouldn't have been uh, surfing the obscure channels that led me to Australian football. Thank you so much. Uh, Ryan and I can't thank you enough. Now, I've got a few Aussie friends that I have to give a shout out. I already gave a, a, a big shout out to my friend, Ricky. Ricky and I texted back and forth in every single game. Uh, a few times we would video call where he would explain everything to me. Ricky, you know, I, I love you, buddy. And I appreciate you so much. And one of the other great supporters who's been super supportive and, and struck up a great friendship is my, my good friend, Vincent Donato. Vincent, uh, you know, uh, an amazing actor, amazing friend, wonderful guy. Vincent, thank you so much. Graham Allen, uh, we've, we've been going back and forth. He loves to send me some of these old school Port Adelaide things. I've also got to give two just last shout outs to my friend Annie Slack and Trish Weshcomb. Uh, thank you guys so much for being so enthusiastic about uh, me supporting Port Adelaide Football Club. I know folks that we got a lot of this stuff wrong and a few of my Aussie friends are like, man, I can't believe you thought a mark happened with a handball. I, I know that it didn't and I'm, I'm kicking myself for it, but... Uh, you know, we, we, we're hoping that we got this in the spirit correctly. And so thank you so much to all of my Aussie friends. You know, I love you guys. And same thing, if you make it over here to Chicagoland, we will treat you as well as we possibly can. You come to a Bears game and, and we'll, we'll have a few drinks. So Mike, I want to throw one more thing out to you before we send you loose is that when Port Adelaide and Hawthorne face off that we've, we've got to maybe have you back on the show just for a quick minute to we can talk a little bit of trash and uh, and talk a little bit about the game as well as you know at that point, uh, I think the, the Bears will be getting ready to, to start their season so I'm, I'm hoping you'd be willing to come back and, and hang out with us. Oh, I'd absolutely love to, Ryan. And, and can I just quickly thank you? Um, it was so great to see receive your message on Twitter. And I think you guys do such a great job with the podcast and the blog and connecting, uh, I guess, the worldwide community to the Bears. And, and like you did last week with the guys from, uh, from the UK, making us all feel part of that community. So, no, I'd absolutely love to. And, and I think that'd be great. 
Mike, you don't know how much that means to, to us at BDR. We are, we're still new at this and we know that there are so many podcasts and so many uh, different websites that you guys can go to to get your bears information. And so to, to hear you say that means, means more than you know. For all of you who are listening, I, I've got to thank Kevin Olefsky, uh, as always. Kevin, thank you for stopping in at a moment's notice to be willing to step in for a team that, that you don't even cheer for. And so, Kevin, thank you so much for doing that. Mike, uh, I know with, with the hours uh, being so different, we appreciate you greatly. For all of you who are listening, thank you so much. We, Again, we know that you can get it anywhere, and the fact that you're listening to this means more than you guys know. We appreciate you sharing any of our content. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you like what you hear a lot, maybe hit us a five-star review. All of that helps to spread it out so that we get to continue sending you guys the, the things that we love to do. For all of you Bears fans out there, bear down. <laughs>